Hello there, everyone. Welcome to episode number 70 of True Cult Pop, a pop music podcast starring, <laughs> starring, uh, starring. <laughs> star- featuring, featuring um, guest appearances from me, Stephen Hill, every week, and him, Hiya. Gaz Jones, every week, introducing, co- it would say, the co-curators, the whole cast, and then, and introducing Gaz Jones as himself that that's himself be. if we were a sort Could of be anyone else mid-70s sitcom yeah <laughs> it'd just be, be like che- the cheesy kind of like yeah you know the, the kind smiling. of freeze frame mm, yeah and uh, doing it like sort of me doing it like oh i can't believe like shrugging my shoulders like i can't believe <laughs> i gotta hang out with this guy and you being like hey it's the best I'm time i'm that guy i'm that guy anyway the wacky crazy sidekick Anyway, um, expect that coming to Netflix in the fall. So this is uh, the show. How you doing, Gaz? As you can hear, I've got a little bit of a crackle in my voice. I don't know what's happened. I don't feel ill at all, but my voice is oh. it's a it's, bit... Uh, it's a bit quivery. Bit. What have you been it up to? B- b- no, nothing. No? Wow, I say nothing. I've been singing along to the uh, Your Cult Pop that we're going to be doing. Uh, with that might have done a minute. it. That might have done it. Oh, pretty high, some of that, isn't it? Pretty high, that stuff. But yeah, I've got, I'm getting, I'm getting a bit Joe Pasquale. <laughs> well, for the 90s lovers right there. Is, yeah, is that yeah. what we go? We've dumped 90s goalkeepers now. We're now going for 90s, 90s raw variety people. performance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I see your Joe Pasquale and I raise you Tony Slattery. Wow, did Tony Slattery wouldn't have done the Royal Variety performance? Uh, no, okay, no fair. But I was just going for nineties comedians. I think What's, it's for some yeah, reason on my Instagram feed, I've been seeing a, a fuck ton of Whose Lines It Anyway clips. I don't know why. Used to love Whose Lines It Anyway. Oh, Richard Branch at the piano. Yeah, Mike yeah. McShane, Josie Long, Tony Slattery. Uh, and Ryan Styles would be the four you'd hope to see every yeah, week. Yeah, right? I, I, I quite like Greg Proops as well. Oh, and Greg Proops and Colin Mockery. Making a, mo- making a mockery making a of the whole mockery. thing. Um, well, I raise you, Tony Slattery, to uh, to this is a, a Billy Pierce. Do you remember him? No. In the oh, Royal Variety. Wow. Yeah, he was you like a northern, like, uh, he had uh, sort of peroxide blonde hair. <sighs> yeah. He's very, I th- very northern, a bit camp. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do remember him now. Yeah. I'm terrible with names, but I'm anyway. much better with impressions. <laughs> well anyway thanks for tuning into the show everyone we'll see you next week and yeah. i'm sure it'll be a bit better than yeah. what? no oh fuck we haven't even done the thing we're gonna do right okay on the show this week if you're listening to this podcast the day that it's released it represents 60 years 60 60 fucking years since the beatles did their famous performance on the ed sullivan show back on the 9th of february 1964 which kind of launched them in america so we thought to celebrate the long tradition and history of bands being good on variety stroke talk shows gaz has picked five from the vault that he considers to be the best we saying the best Uh, not necessarily the best but probably just kind of noteworthy to me right good 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 yeah Yeah. we got some caveats immediate absolute absolute Big tunes there, some big tunes yeah. and some great performances. We'll get to that in a little bit. Got quite a bit of stuff to get through, including sending you over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash true cult pop. As mentioned, if you want to sign up for any amount of money, you can get uh, your cult pop every week. This week, tomorrow, if you're listening to this 
podcast the day it comes out, we're going to be talking about Confident Music for Confident People by Australian alt-pop duo Confidence Man. I'm in love with this band now. I'm just yeah. in love with this band. Yeah. Absolutely just enthralled by their oeuvre. I've listened to all their albums. I love them. I haven't even got past this one yet. I haven't even got past this one yet, mate. I'm just absolutely head over heels in hedonistic kind of escape. Oh, it's amazing. uh, What a great band. They're playing Reading Festival this year on the day Blink-182 play. And I was like, is Prodigy and, and Denzel Curry enough to get me to that Reading Friday when I'd have to t- subtract <laughs> neck deep in Blink-182. <laughs> it's not and the, the worst mathematical sum in history. Yeah, it's like, ooh, a prodigy plus Denzel minus Blink-182 and neck deep equals not sure. But plus confidence, man, oh. equals maybe I might actually go for that yeah. fucking day. You should now. Yeah, I mean, really? I tell you what, just a little, you want to listen to Tilt, 2002 album, 2022 album that they did as well, because that is okay. ex- excellent as well. Fucking excellent. But we'll talk about that more uh, when we actually record, because we've not even recorded the episode yet, so we've probably said too much already. Sorry about that. Um, for those who are like, well, I pay to hear your opinion <laughs> and stuff, and you're just giving it away to everyone. Ah, the first, we're, right. we're, we're, we're decent dealers, man. The first hit's free. Yeah, it really is. Get them hooked. Yeah, yeah. And if you sign up for the £5 tier... Just a few days ago, we released our true classic pop album podcast on the immortal. Though he's not immortal because he's dead. He's dead. Um, the so album's immortal. Yeah, the album's immortal. Bad by Michael Jackson. And it's over three hours. Mm. So much to talk about. Fascinating. Unparalleled in terms of just the amount of stuff that happened to an individual whilst they were recording an album. I, I, it, it's impossible and, and unfathomable to me that we will ever be able to sit down and talk again about an album that's, that has the context surrounding it that Bad has because no one's ever going to have to try and follow up the biggest selling album of all time ever again, are they? Because Thriller will remain the biggest selling yeah. album of all time. Oh, but that, yeah. A, until this world blows up or whatever's going to happen to i don't know um cheers putin yeah it's going to be putin Lad. i don't know <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's going to be one of them yeah probably and um happy thoughts yeah so there is no other context really that we will ever have to speak about other than bad by michael jackson a mm. completely unique story and obviously a lot of stuff going on that but it was good wasn't it it was it was good oh it was it was an absolute joy and and the kind of feedback we've had from it, from like various people, um, it was actually quite surprising. There's actually people out there, unbelievably, that have never heard this album before. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I'm jealous, actually. I'm just like, oh, mate. Mm. But I, I don't know. Can, can you go in completely fresh to a Michael Jackson album in 2024? Well, I was going to say. Everything. Yeah, happens, I was going to say I'm actually. We, we've got history with this album. We've got massive kind of emotional yeah. ties to it. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think it actually might be. It might be quite hard. I can understand if you didn't grow up with 
that music being played around you all the time why now you'd go i might give it a swerve i might actually give it a swerve because of everything i can i I actually can understand that um but if you were there at that time i think you're kind of it's really difficult not to to have to, to to be swept back to a you know a more innocent time let's say but yeah it was fucking great and obviously there's just the things like i say the things that happened around that that era that period are just just insane just absolutely insane like they were never to be repeated but um yeah there you go so patreon.com forward slash true cop pop if you want to go and listen to that cheers if you do right lost cult pop i picked last week's one you picked this week's one I did. And I don't know what this is, to be honest. It's that lost that even I didn't know what it was. Even you, Stephen Hill, didn't, you've never heard me. of this band before. I, did, I didn't have no recollection of this uh, wow. whatsoever, Gaz. Um, okay. But I know it was released on the 5th of November 2007. Yes. And it's the only top 50 hit from this band. Yeah, well, it's a, it was essentially the only single, I think, that was released. They They'd recorded... Well, I mean, okay, let's let's start at the top. Okay, well, the band is called Palladium, mm-hmm. and the song is called High Five. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you want me to take the lead on this? Yeah, because I know nothing about this band. Okay, wow, okay. Uh, I mean, this, this is basically like full throttle kind of yacht rock, like Go West meets Level 42 meets Todd Rundgren at a Toto gig. You know, um, like the band were all like session players. Um, uh, the, the bassist and and um, singer, a guy called Peter Pepper. I really hope that's his real name. Can't be. <laughs> Can't be. Be amazing if it was though. He he actually played bass on Amy Winehouse's first album, Frank. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but like this, this okay. I'm gonna skip quickly to like where I first became aware of this band I um, when I was living in Cambridge in like I moved to Cambridge like springtime 2007 by the summertime there was I mean it's still there now it was like it's one of the best kind of small gig venues in the country it's um, the pub called Portland Arms um, I was doing some kind of like extra work there doing bar work and things like this but I would also work the door at some gigs not as in like your name's not Dan you're not coming in <laughs> I'm like, it's I, not that yeah. sort of party mate you know <laughs> Um, but it, you know, like you know, checking wristbands, checking tickets, taking money, blah 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 blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And one of the first, I think, it actually was the first gig I ever did the door for at the Portland that summer was for this band called Palladium, who were headlining. Never heard of them. I was just, you know, sat there. There was a couple of support bands, very sparsely attended. It was like a Wednesday night or something, you know, so like midsummer two thousand and seven. Two support bands, there was, I don't know, 10, 15 people in. I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be a quiet one. All right, fair enough. We'll see where this is going. And then about 10 minutes before the Palladium started, all of a sudden the room was got absolutely fucking rammed, full of teenage girls. Like, full right. of teenage girls. I was like, mm-hmm. who is this band? <laughs> you know, and... Where you did where well before like the the gig venue changed the gig room changed and all that you used to do the door kind of in like the corridor between the the door to the bar and the door to the the venue there's this like little corridor and I didn't see what the band looked like but they started and this is what they opened their set with 
and immediately like when that kind of piano intro starts i was just like fucking that sounds like toto that is mm. awesome and like it's so it just the adrenaline rush i get from the intro of this song is it's it's never really left me since that night so what's that like 16 17 years now and the, the yeah. chorus has been an earworm since then and just like you know wonderfully kind of camp vocal histrionics you know an easily listening Rhodes piano middle eight a beautifully rhythmic kind of tom tom beats uh, a wonderfully like succinct guitar solo kind of played on a mountainside like you know a la bill and ted style and at the end of the gig it was just like i, I was just like float i started who the fuck is this band this is incredible um, and I was like, right, I'm, you know, I'm gonna park that name. I'm gonna remember it. And then I think a couple of months later, um, I was doing a van driving job at the time, um, and listen to, still listen to Ready One at this point. And I, I had Chris Moore's on in the morning, and he was like, right, you know, this is our big single of the week, and it was High Five by Palladium. And I was like, that's it. They're gonna be massive now because it sounded incredible on the radio. Oh, because there was kind of a lot of this stuff around at the time. Obviously, you know, they, I think they'd supported Mika earlier in the year. Yeah. They, they yeah, supported yeah. Amy Winehouse. They had Amy Winehouse's patron. She was telling everyone, this band are the best. They're going to be huge and da da da. You know, obviously, you know, Scissor Sisters. There was a lot of that kind of sort of awesome kind of, what do you call it? You know, I hate, I hate the, the phrase like camp pop, but I, I guess. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, The Guardian loved them, Radio One loved them. Unfortunately, Virgin Records didn't, and like they recorded a debut album, and it never got released. This single kind of stiff, just outside the top forty. Number they'd recorded 44? a couple of yeah, they'd recorded a couple of follow ups um, with uh, I think it was Happy Hour and Midnight Train to Nowhere. That was going to be like the next single, I think. Um, and it's kind of been kind of unreleased since then. You know, even on like streaming on streaming sites, you know, there's a couple of singles and a live kind of acoustic EP and that's it and it's such a shame that you know there's a few kind of unreleased tracks on um, on YouTube there, there's a couple of really good um, like Guardian articles one done at the time I think someone from the Guardian went out on the road with them for like a few a few days and did like a really good piece mm -hmm. and there's a piece about the album from, from the Guardian website in about 2012 saying it was just like a lost classic why was it never released and unfortunately, it never got released because everyone bought the Feeling album instead. Yeah, I mean, because like looking at this, I was like, I mean, their Wikipedia page which certainly is something to behold. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got together at a Caribbean restaurant uh, dressed as Peter Pan in drag, apparently. Um, yeah, nice. They changed their name to Palladium. They were originally called the Pepper Notes and played alongside Amy Winehouse, Alphabet, another one, Mika. You go, oh, yeah, I know what I'm getting here. And then Alphabet, the th future Lost Cult popping coming right there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the thrills and the kooks. And you go, oh, I still see where this went wrong. Because even on their the genres, indie rock, it says, you're not really telling me. When you say you're a band, years active, 2006, 2009, you're an indie rock band, you play with the kooks. That does make me go, uh oh, indie landfill alert kind of thing. But this is yeah. not what no. that is at no. all. That's not all. at all. I do love there is a paragraph on their Wikipedia page saying following the release of their debut single, Palladium made numerous visits to schools across the UK, including <laughs> Blue Note Comprehensive School in Warsaw. 
A short set of songs was performed, followed by a question and answer session for students. The band also handed out free badges, postcards, and other merchandise to students. I cannot, for the life of me, understand why that particular day at Blue Note Blue Coat Comprehensive School in Walsall <laughs> is such an important landmark in the in the three year long career of the band Palladium. Yeah. Do you think there's a blue plaque outside the school? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Like, is that someone who's just really, really proud of their Warsawian roots and they're like anything be. that happens in Walsall, I must have it written down and <laughs> documented Recorded. on wikipedia on wikipedia <laughs> yeah. i has i have yeah. to i have to have that so what an odd thing to have but yeah you know um so that was all happening this came out in 2007 and then yeah. in 2008 they just said they got they're going on hiatus and then in january yep. 2009 split up yeah it was mental it. the album never got really i know it was recorded in america it was i can't remember who who, who produced it but it was like a big name producer i think there was a lot of money kind of pumped into it mm. and and it's just mad that it never got it's never been released you can buy and i'm actually i'm actually going to do it right you can buy promo cds of the unreleased album they've got my discogs really and i'm gonna get it I'd, it'd be oh. the first cd i've bought in about oh, fuck knows how many years but i i need to hear the rest of this album because the, the few be snippets that i have heard because yeah. I, I sent i sent you a youtube link to what yeah, was gonna yeah. be there like follow-up single track called white lady um, you know, and it, it's so fucking just gloriously OTT keyboardy yacht rock. Yeah, it's wonderful. I don't really know. I mean, I guess it's funny because we all go, "Oh, the eighties is back now, and it's back in it." But actually, it sort of came back in the mid two thousands a bit. It did massively, massive. I mean, the fashion and the music and everything by the Killers yeah. was a yeah, you know, really big thing. And then you had the kind of the the, the classic Duran Duran lineup got back together on Astronaut and and all that stuff. Sort of, it was, it was like, all oh, around this sort of time, wasn't it? Yeah, like two thousand five, yeah. two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, the eighties is kind of cool again, and it didn't really see it coming. But then it sort of happened. But then it sort of fizzled out a bit. And none of those, but you know, when you think of the stuff from the 2000s, I mean, when we did uh, True Crap Pop, obviously there's um, what they called, I'm going to call them Frankensturken, but that's not what they're called at all, <laughs> is it? What's that fucking band? You know, the band who who um, who di- who were doing this kind of like super Camp Gary Newman 80s thing. I can't oh. remember what they're fucking called now. Um, but I've yeah, a, but they I've were about a for a bit and everybody thought it was going to be like this fucking huge huge yeah. thing and it just didn't really happen for them that kind of like no. arty new york thing but um yeah this is good this is really good i can't believe i don't well, I, I can't believe it i can believe it but yeah because they only got to number 44 and then they they never did anything else but no. bloody hell yeah it's good it it's real yeah it is. It it's really good it's great it is isn't a, it? it's a lost classic for sure it is a genuine kind of lost classic the drummer looked like lamal he had this yeah. kind of massive kind of bleached mullet thing and just i think the guitarist was called like rocky or something like that they had awesome kind of <laughs> wonderfully cheesy stage names i think you know they rocky probably morris had, yeah that's the one i mean they had, they yeah. had, you know they had initial kind of label interest i'm sure because it was the whole kind of like post killers we need to sign anything that's got a fucking keyboard and right it's big kind of anthemic kind of you know 80s kind of rock songs i guess but i suppose the world was still reeling from the post darkness fallout yeah as well and plus i I do remember chat at the time people saying 
like we, we were chatting about industry plants people were saying mm. palladium were an industry plant just like the way they were saying the darkness were an in- industry plant yeah yeah I, yeah I don't, I don't i don't believe that but, but the amount of teenage girls that i saw screaming and singing along and losing their fucking mind in that gig that night in the summer of 2007 i was convinced that something was happening here yeah but no I, you might well have done. I think it's also worth pointing out uh, what the rest of their names of the band actually are. So yes, you've got Please. Peter Pepper, you've got Rostas Fez, uh, Rocky Morris, yeah. and Rufio Sandylands. Yeah, yeah fucking around with names like that. I, I mean, uh, like you or jo- could, John to his friends. You couldn't mm-hmm. be a sort of hardcore band with names like that. Very, <laughs> very chance. good. Very, very good. So there you yeah. go. Uh, high five by Palladium. Go and have a little listen to it. Right. Couple of bits of news. Should we do the good news or the bad news first? Uh, do do the bad news first, mate. I think. Yeah, I think so. So, really sad to hear on Friday, second of February, that we lost Wayne Kramer um, yeah. to pancreatic cancer uh, mm. at the age of seventy-five. Wayne Kramer, of course, the founding member of the unbelievably influential and important (laughs) mc5 i mean it is you know that the tributes that have flown in to wayne kramer in the aftermath of his passing from everyone from eddie vedder to tom morello to slash to you know like you name them basically just basically anyone within kind of punk rock alternative music has who who has been able has kind of said something about how important Wayne Kramer's legacy and his you know his work in the MC5 both yeah. as a musician and also bringing really bring kind of ag- aggressive activism in the way that we know it from bands like Raging Machine System of a Down uh, Dead Kennedys those kind of bands really really inspired by the way in which the mc5 carried themselves and what they stood for and the way that they kind of fought for the things they stood stood for in a kind of post pre and during vietnam era united states of america um to the point where wayne kramer's life is is quite a sad one i think you know when when you look at how i guess you know that whole thing of getting credit for the genius you had way after the event underappreciated in your own time yeah. there's not many bands that you can say that about that uh, applies to quite as much as it does about the mc5 i don't yeah. think you know wayne kramer and um having to have that famous motherfuckers on kick out the jam motherfuckers <laughs> on, on the kick out the, like caused such a fucking ruckus with yeah. their label at the time such a ruckus and it obviously seems like kind of nothing now that you'd have the word motherfucker on a record but to them you know it, it was important that that statement stayed that kick out the jams motherfuckers needed to be on the record and you know with within a one record in a couple of years down the line they've split up and i think playing their last gig in the venue that kick out the jams the album was recorded playing to a half empty less than half empty venue as their kind of last ever gig and within a year wayne kramer is homeless is 
terrible drug problems he's in prison um you know i think in the in the 80s i, I think i read that he worked as a delivery driver for a bit you know when he was kind of penniless and whilst this is going on yeah. punk rock has taken off the ramones begat the sex pistols became you know the clash became that kind of first wave of american hardcore black and flag yeah black flag yeah. and and all of that kind of starts with the stooges and with the mc5 mm. and it's not until you know he becomes a solo artist in the 90s and signs to epitaph you know you're getting signed by brett gerwitz and you're releasing records on his label at the same time as smash and stranger than fiction and these you know outcome the walls and punk and Joblick and all these massive records are coming out at the same time on that label and he's really well seen you know i remember one of the first issues of kerrang i ever bought had a live review of wayne kramer on it mm. and it sort of said like you know because the early 90s the mid 90s anything old nah 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 fuck that fuck that mm. like we don't care about the old but it said like you know why should you care about this fucking crunky old guy because everything you're reading about this magazine pretty much doesn't sound like it sounds without him without his attitude without his guitar tone without the style that he came across um and in kind of invented um so yeah it's a big one wayne kramer massive one and plus yeah. those mc5 albums fucking rule as well oh, they just yeah. fucking rule um yeah. yeah it's very sad so yeah gaz i'll let you sorry i went yeah no <clears throat> i mean i've i first but i've I'd love to say that I was listening to MC5 when I was like, you know, four years old, but no, unfortunately not. I first came aware of, well, it was a sample really before I'd even was aware of where that sample came from. It was at the start of What Time Is Love by the KLF, which uses mm. Mm. Kick Out The Jams, motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until quite a few years later that, you know, someone said to me that, oh, that's from an the start of a legendary live album, kick, you know, okay, a jam MC5. I think, do you know what? I, I think I, I'd even, <laughs> yeah, um, this card ties in with what we're going to talk about in a bit. But I was going to say, I, I yeah, heard, yeah. the first time I heard Kick Out the Jams, I thought it was the Presidents of the USA song. Mm. I didn't know that was or, a cover. Or a Monster Magnet song, or a Rage Against the Machine song. I mean, exactly. it wasn't a Rage Against the Machine cover, yeah, but like the amount until, of people that have covered it. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't until the late 90s when there was, there was like an MC5 kind of, compilation that came out and i remember Karan giving it 5k's i'm sure it was roselle gave me 5k's i did say this is one of the most important bands all those bands you're into all the ones that you reeled off early dead kennedy's you know um black flag kind of the ramones the clash and stuff like this you need to hear mc5 and I, I went out and bought it and yeah it was it was fucking great i mean it, only last year I, I managed to get hold of um a a really nice uh, original copy of um, Back in the USA, which is Definitely. my favourite MC5 brilliant album. Brilliant, that album. Teenage Lust. Yeah, mate. Absolute, absolute chef's kiss. Killer. Yeah. yeah. That'd, be, that'd be decent for a future classic album. Well, mate, it would. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, it's so weird to be that <laughs> your debut album is a live album. Yeah, I know, right? Like, you know, yeah. and, and I think people do sort of hyper focusing on kick out the jams and for good reason because i think yeah, of when, course i mean I, I see i can't remember what year it was exactly when i bought kick out the jams but i was always sort of i was aware of wayne kramer in the same way as i would have been aware of um i mean it seems sort of funny to put them in 
together now but when you think of someone like like frank black doing his solo stuff and i wasn't yeah. really into the pixies when the pixies were a thing so wayne kramer was kind of one of those people who were like or you know or or um uh you know mike watt or someone like that do you know what I yeah mean? people who who were in these bands that people were were so mm. like wedded to yeah and so obsessed with but then they had this solo material and that's sort of what you saw so i was a bit like oh uh, i guess you check out the you check out Minutemen and Pixies before you go into the... And so you're like, okay, well, people go on Wayne Kramer a lot. And he was always interviewed in punk document documentaries. He always seemed like a really... Like a really cool, no fucks given kind of bloke. Don't really like that turn of monology, but I've used it now. Can't go back. If only I can edit it out, I can't. You can edit um, it. <laughs> um, you do you. But I do remember sort of seeing it in, the, in, a, in, a, in a CD rack, in a sale um kick out the jams at some point in the late 90s and just go in like you know six quid which was cheap for a cd back then like fuck it i'll get it and sort of the first time i put it on i thought jesus what a mess like do you know what i mean like it's, it's yeah. just an abs absolute mess because i don't you know my ear wasn't really attuned as a man who was listening yep. to human waste project and cold chamber and pitch shifter <laughs> albums mostly my ear wasn't really attuned to that and i was no. just like jesus it's just really fucking noisy and it's chaotic mm. and stuff and then as i kind of got more and more into that i remember going back to it and that time it really clicked and i was like this is incredible and then thinking ah oh, you know that if they're this good on their live album i need to hear the kind of originals and yeah going to kind of back in the usa mm. high time high times obviously not as as good i would say the first yeah. two are proper proper brilliant like full-blown like yeah. say classic albums yeah they are i think high times probably not no. quite that no. really um and you know he's got good he's got good solo albums citizen wayne from 1997 on epitaph if you want if, you, if you're looking for something after that if you're not really kind of gunning a wayne kramer really good album just a really good kind of buzzsaw angry punk rock record and, oh, no, I've um, never listened to that. I'll check it out. It's good, man. It's really good. Yeah, nice. really, really good. Um, so yeah, just it's uh, it's it's sad, man. And and he lived a really interesting life, you know. Yeah, stood for something, invented something, really cared about something. What would rather be, you know, homeless and in prison or working, you know, a, a kind of blue collar minimum wage job than compromises are and i think that's an incredibly kind of um you know it's, it's something you should you should look up to people like that i think you should kind of applaud people like that yeah, yeah. sad yeah man. r.i.p to wayne kramer a top a top person uh the grammys and the mobos happened not that we need to go too much into all of this really but there's a couple of things I thought were just sort of interesting. Uh, the Grammys, you know, uh, yeah. a few things won that I was like, oh, that's good that that won. Midnight's won Album of the Year for Taylor Swift. Of course. Beat Boy Genius. That's a shame. Yeah, um, that is a shame. Beat The Age of Pleasure by Janelle Monet. That's a shame as mm. well. Beat Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. It's a bit of a shame as well. Billie Eilish got the song of the year um you know in the kind of um r&b and rap uh section um i was pretty happy to see 
Killer Mike pick up best rap performance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and best rap album for Michael as well before he was arrested. We're not really sure what happened there, but that was cool. I mean, I do think, um, would I say that Michael by Killer Mike is the best rap album that has come out in the last year? I don't think it is personally. No, but, no, it's not. Definitely not. But it was the best of the five, I think. And I, I was like, I can't see Drake and 21 Savage or Travis Scott lose. I thought one of those two is going to win that. Innit? And the fact they didn't, mm. I thought was quite good as well. I was delighted to see, having just got into it, best alternative jazz album. I don't know if you saw this. Michelle Njokilico, who we just sort of discovered. Yeah. The Omnicord Real Book won best alternative jazz album. Solid. So I, was, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, I was, I was happy, yeah. Happy. It's grass. That's such a good album. It's a very, very good album. Very, very good. Very album. good. And uh, Flowers by Miley Cyrus, best pop solo performance. Yeah. Taylor Swift, best pop vocal album. Uh, best dance recording, Padam Padam by Kylie Minogue. Nice. Got to like that, haven't you? I, well, I, I liked the album more than you, didn't I? Yeah, well, but, I, and I, P- I liked Padam Padam well. is it a legit banger. Absolute tune. Mm. Best dance electronic album, Actual Life 3 by Fred again, which I think is a, a pretty good one as well. Delighted to see Paramore won mm. Best Rock Album. That was really good. Best well, Alternative Music who, Album, Boy Genius as well. Sorry, just backtrack there. Who, who were yeah. the other nominees in the rock category? Um, Foo rock. Fighters. Of course. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Queen of Stone Age in Times New Roman, yeah. which I think you like more than me. Well, it's, yeah, it's, the, well, it's their best album in years, but... Yeah. Uh, Starcatcher by Greta Van Fleet, which I haven't heard. Oh, I don't I want have it. Heard I, Led Zeppelin two. I've, so and I'm I'm fine to. with that. I've heard yeah, physical graffiti. Don't really <laughs> yeah. need anything else, do you? And seventy two seasons by Metallica at beat as well. <laughs> which you know, yeah. and also I can't find where it was right. But Sam texted me this, and I can't seem to find. I haven't actually found it, but apparently. Um, somebody wants. You know, what, actually, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the text he sent me up because he'll be annoyed if I don't. If I don't mention this, <laughs> he's a stickler but, um, for details. He is a stickler <laughs> for details. Calm Hold down. on, where was it? First ever UK MC, Flo Dan, with Skrillex. Flo Dan has won a Grammy. Oh wow! He's um the song Rumble by Skrillex won um the best dance electronic recording and um yeah and and that that features that features flowdown so flowdown is the first ever uk mc to win a grammy well done well, well done, done you well done, pretty good isn't it that is pretty pretty good i pretty, actually thought pretty the, good pretty pretty good so yeah that's the kind of highlights of the uh the grammys the mobos happened last night as well and uh, mm. i'll go through some of these as well central c won best male act mm, don't know about uh. that uh best female ray have you heard that ray album no it's really good yeah yeah okay. she's great she's okay. really good yeah um album of the year i'm really pissed off that we didn't review this because i listened to this on the day it came out and it stuck with me and I thought, oh, that's maybe something that we bring up at some point. I never did. Real Back in Style by Pot of Paper. Like, wow. really good. Okay. Really good kind of, it's it's UK, UK rap, UK kind of hip hop, like very kind of um, 
typical, I would say. But it, like, it's not the most unique thing. But he's really good. He's got a great flow. Okay. And it's, I think I think you'd like it. It's not too sort of. Um, it's very. It's, it seems. It sounds quite UK centric. I like it a lot. It's really right. good. Nice. Um, so best hip hop act, Little Sims. Got no beef with that at all. No. That's good. Fair. Uh, best R and B soul out a soul act. Um, Salt. Oh. Now, they, yeah. were, they did some gigs and I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, and then it happened. And people were like, this is the most mm. amazing gig. You see, it was supposed to be the most amazing gigs that ever happened ever. Like, mm. got compared with Stop Making Sense. Wow. Yeah. I've heard I've heard their gigs are, are, a, are an absolute kind of totally like almost immersive experience. I know people that have seen them a couple of years ago and they were like... <laughs> It's ridiculous. They hardly play, do they? No, very rare. Um, mm. But yeah, I I really like Salt. Yeah, a lot. So I'm pretty happy with that. Mm. Drake and Twenty One Savage won Best International Act. <sighs> okay, next. That's ridiculous. Um, Ezra Collective won Best Jazz Act. Nice, that was good as well. Yeah, Lifetime Achievement. Soul to Soul. <laughs> oh, beautiful. beautiful, Jazzy B. Jazzy B, first musician, first musician I ever interviewed, Jazzy B. I never knew yeah. that, mate. Yeah, that's true, well, yeah. Well, well, Hammer's changed a bit, hasn't it? From Metal Hammer, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I miss the old days when it was a proper metal magazine. <laughs> there, Jazzy yeah, B on the front cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would, do, I, I would love that. Um, yeah. Impact Award, Sugar Babes. I'll it's take a, that. They, take they, that. They, they should have won every well, award, really, really to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, gets won a Pioneer Award, but one that I personally was just like, ah, oh, this is great. Beating Young Fathers, mm. and also, uh, I can't remember who else, actually can't remember who else was in the category. I know that the Best Alternative Music Act, Young Fathers were nominated, and I was like, well, um, I'm pretty sure that Young Fathers will win that. Or it was, um, I think, think you know i'm gonna have to get it up again this is um mobo best alternative act it doesn't come up that's great Classic. uh but it was yeah but skin dread <gasps> really so i'm fucking delighted oh so, do you know what talk, talking about skin dread mm. uh benji dj did a dj set with uh, Giz Butts just down the road from where I live a few weeks ago. I didn't even fucking know about it until the day after. How peak 90s is that? Janus Stark and uh, Dub War. <laughs> wow. Coming together. It was like an earache sampler. <laughs> yeah, they were doing a DJ set uh, in this um, kind of pub slash club uh, that's uh, on a boat. Oh, right. Yeah. Literally didn't know about it until the day after when I saw lots of pictures that Giz posted on, on Facebook going, I had the best night last night with my old mucker Benji and da da da. I was like, fuck's sake, and I could have gone. <laughs> Damn it. That's mental. Yeah. I um Thanks Facebook. Uh, I um I, I retweeted it. Um because uh, I was delighted that Skinner when I was like the lads. Mm. Um uh, Arlo Parks is someone else that they beat, actually. That's um uh, someone I do remember. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> Someone's responded to the tweet. I'm just looking at it now because I thought it happened. And someone said, Skin Jet are a heavy metal band. Heavy metal is not music of black origin. Well, um... <laughs> okay. Where's this going? Where's it going so, with this? No, number one, look who's in the band. So, 
Uh, There you go. Number two, Skinjet are not a heavy metal band. No. Imagine describing Skinjet. Oh, that reggae band, that reggae band with riffs. Are a heavy, are a heavy metal band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just like winger, aren't they, Skinjet? Yeah, just like winger. They remind me of Poison. Whenever time I put Skinjet on, I'm like, oh, is this, um, is this, is this yeah. Judas Priest? Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, they, they were better when they were ripping off Love Hate. Yeah, yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, what an incredibly stupid thing to say. Oh. Uh, who'd have thunk it? Anyway, um. Pretty good. I'd say pretty good. Grammys didn't get it terribly wrong. Mobos didn't get it terribly wrong. No. Mo- yeah, Mo- Mobo done good. Mo- Mo- done good. Mo- Mobo was the outright winner because they didn't give an award to Metallica. So, yeah. yeah. What can you do? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going into that. Fuck no, no, no. Um, That's all I'm saying about so, it. So, as, as I said, today marks the 60th anniversary of the Beatles' historic performance on the Ed Sullivan Show, something which... Went a long way to breaking that band in America. I mean, obviously the hype was already there, but when mm. they saw it, it's a iconic performance and part of a long tradition of bands being great on variety shows, being on talk shows, and to celebrate this momentous occasion. I gave Gaz the challenge of giving me five killer performances <laughs> from talk shows over the years, <laughs> and we are going to go through them right now it wasn't even a challenge mate i wouldn't even call that a challenge that's not really is it <laughs> it's just a, a, a lot of fun fry. oh yeah. it's just a lot of fun it was a lot of lot of, of fun should we do it in the order that the playlist you sent me came in please do right let's start at the david letterman show in 1995 then shall we yeah let's do it I had never seen this before. <laughs> We've mentioned them already. Yeah, uh, this is their, their they're doubling their yearly mentions in yeah. one show. It is <laughs> the President of the United States of America performing the song "Lump," their television debut yep. on the Late Show with David Letterman in 1985. Plus guests. 1995. Sort of. What did I say? 85. All right, I jumped jumped to. A whole decades. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, 1995, yes, you're quite right. Uh, mate, why, pourquoi this performance? What's so good about it? Well, this kind of performance is like the perfect example on how to instantly become a massive band overnight in America. And it was to do a legendary live performance on Letterman. You know, mm. it can totally make your career you know, in America. You know, it happened to Future Islands. It we did. We spoke about uh, last yeah, week. It did. Week before. Last week. Yeah. Um, you know, it um, it happened to Hootie and the Blowfish. Well, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it happened to R.E.M. Um, and it happened to a band with a three-string guitar, two-string bass, and no-string drums sitting on the back porch. Um, you know, the... The the kinetic excitement of it still kind of shines through, and the bit because I partly sent this to you, hoping that you hadn't seen it, because it just starts out as just another normal kind of live performance, and played very well. You can obviously see they're insanely excited to be playing on the biggest show on American TV. Thanks, at the Dave. Time. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, Chris Ballou, legends. Um, but then when it gets to the middle eight bit, 
you know, the quote-unquote guitar solo. Every member of David Letterman's house bands gets encouraged to take a solo. So you've got, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you've got like three drummers, keyboardist, uh, an extra bass player, a whole brass section, four guitarists shredding away. And it's just this glorious cacophony of noise when Chris Ballou goes, okay, everybody, take a solo. It just goes, and it's just like this end of... (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, mate, do you know what? When you sent this through to me, oh, I quite like the present. I like that first presence album. Right? Oh. You know, it's it's great. Yeah. When you sent this through to me, I did think to my and I hadn't you're right, I'd never seen it before. I did think that. to myself, he fucking can't help himself, can he? <laughs> <laughs> he can't help. And I was like, How dare lump you? Lump as well. Lump as well. I was like, lump, it's like two minutes long. I don't does it sound great live? And did and when it started off, yeah, and he what you know, like I was like, okay, this is, I mean, look, I like this song. It's good. I was like, is it great? Is it that great? And then that bit happens and I yeah. did go, oh my, this yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. It is. It's wonderful. This is isn't brilliant. It? Yeah. It's so great. Like fucking, what's his name? Paul, um, uh, not Schrader, is it? Um, Paul Schaefer. Yeah, Paul Schaefer, like yeah. just fucking ripping the organ. Yeah. Two hands <laughs> on it, like teasing like not even teasing just like battering it it's yeah. brilliant yeah and you know like you can see the drummer smash away and the fucking bass player's like pounding his bass and you're like and the presidents are like doing the scorpions back and forth <laughs> like yeah. guitar thing you're like yeah how the fuck did this just go from like bog standard weirdo seattle grunge novelty band doing like their what we thought would probably be like their their one hit wonder yeah. on letterman to yeah. like absolute fucking chaos it's really really yeah. shockingly great it is, shockingly it is great, great. D- this is like i mean i mean that that debut album is 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 absolutely kind of lightning in a bottle and obviously this being kind of pre-internet i didn't discover the presidents until like the following january 96 i think that's when lump was released as a single yeah um but oh boy to have been able to see this going out live on the telly box you know in in kind of mid 1995 mm. would have been would have been great you know, there are so many kind of incredible letterman performances there are whole playlists just full of them and i i, I love oh, going yeah. through, i love going through them you know, you know, be that you know, you know, Slipknot and that the drive sabotage by the sabotage. Great. You know, there's 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 a great guarded by voices performance where the bass player like just just completely slips over and ends up playing the rest of the song like on his back. Have you ever seen yeah. the Duran Duran and uh, doing White Lines? Oh yeah, me? yes, yes, I yes I have. Saving that for true crap pop, oh. it is a work of awkward art. Yeah. But- to be fair, mate, you did you you wrote a really lovely article in uh, in, in Record Collector. I did, you, you know, defending I did. the indefensible. You were Johnny well, Cochran, and that was OJ Simpson. Yeah, um, happy to be happy to do oh, that. Fair. And uh, yeah, mate, it is it's really good. I mean, what I was going to say about this as well is that you've got one a couple of. I, I was watching one earlier, and I was like. Can you imagine how like insane and unlikely this is? Yeah. And it's for the completely opposite reason for why Lump by the Presidents of the United States of America is. You look at them and you go, 
only in the 90s. Yeah. Could, could, that, these could, could pop awkward, stars look like that? Yeah, these awkward, gaunt, old men. Looking. Yeah, they, they were like best. They were, really, they, were, they were getting on to 40 then. Not that old, but fine. Oh, no. Um, we're, <laughs> we're too old to be pop stars, mate. That's all I'm, That's where I was aiming for. You know. No, not in the 90s we wouldn't be, mate. No, that's Not fair. in the 90s. Not 90s. Bald me, men you, could get on the front me, cover of Me, you, the presidents. Edwin Collins. Yeah, exactly. However <laughs> old that man who was Mike Flowers and Mike Flowers' pops <laughs> was. Whatever he age he was, 53 yeah. or something. Oh, mate, we'd have ripped it up on TFI Friday back in the oh, day. Even now. Would have been wonderful. Would have been very good. But yeah, it's just, it's so phenomenally unlikely yeah. that these people should ever be let anywhere near. Yeah. Like, uh, recording like a television studio with somebody like, uh, imagine who else was on that week it was probably like Drew Barrymore or Tom Cruise yeah or like Jennifer Lopez do you know what I mean you just think yeah and mad, these mad old men from Seattle singing yeah. about a, yeah. a lump but but what was awesome about it was that bands like this because what you got to realise is you know, they they were kind of a buzz band I guess before that Letterman performance but they weren't this household they weren't like no, everyone. No, no. Every, it wasn't like everyone like now. Everyone knows fucking Peaches and Lump and all this guy. You know, it wasn't yeah. like that then. But they were given this kind of shop window for this weird little idiosyncratic. You know, I hate. You know, I, I would never call them a novelty band, but I can see why people would call them a novelty band. Mm. You know, we're given this kind of shop window, being beamed into. I mean, Jesus Christ! You know, a hundred million homes, Millions. whatever. You know, and yeah. And everyone going out and buying it the next day. Because I think it was like the following week, like that album went top 10 in America. And that's when you started reading about them in Kerrang. It was just met as a mad, mad time. And it was a I, mad time. you know, and give, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, to give you an idea of how mad it got for that, that album sold 3 million copies in America. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot. For a weird was, little home recorded, bizarre album. It was the 24th best-selling album in America in 1996. Yeah. Got to number six yeah, on that. the US Billboard chart. I don't know where it got to in the UK. Cause it, uh, it was top two, I don't think it got top 10. It went top 20, I'm sure. And it hung around. It was in every shop, wasn't it? Every yeah. time you walked in and looked yep. at the wall of the charts, yep. you see be it, there. there it was. Always be there. Yeah. Great. Very good. Sold a lot of records. Not quite as many as the next one we're going to talk about. Now, this band, they did sell a lot of records. Yes. 2015 on the Jimmy Kimmel show Jimmy Kimmel could not be much more excited to uh, introduce Van Halen doing Panama a few yeah. years later he'd bring up Van Halen with Billie Eilish and she didn't know who they were and he yeah. was furious wasn't he couldn't believe it <laughs> livid yeah um, <laughs> which is a bit weird but <laughs> fine um, mate I think I had seen a bit of this before hmm but I don't fully remember it. This is the one where I'm like, there's an element here that is not quite at it, shall we say, on this performance, right? Which bit are you talking about, mate? I'm talking about David Lee Ross vocals. Yeah, but I, I'm a DLR defendant, man. It was never the greatest. But you want you want a you want a great vocalist singing Van Halen songs? Well, listen to Sammy Hagar. Yeah, it's true. It wasn't about that with Dave Lee Roth. He was just a magnetic 
kind of ringleader. You know, it was all, it was all about the kind of performance. You know, and especially like with this is like one kind of one track they did like I think a five song set. They did like Eruption and You Really Got Me and you know Jump and da da da. But this is like the best tr- track of that kind of like short set and. Like Dave was actually performing it with a broken nose because, like, during yeah. rehearsals, there was actually footage of like because he's doing this kind of furious kind of what you got like a marching baton kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, he's got that thing but, at the start. I mean, I was really I mean, impressed it's, it's, with that. It's virtually on like samurai kind of the way mm. he's like just you know flicking it about and stuff. And like, yeah, during rehearsal, like he literally broke his nose and completely knocks it out. Like it's 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 kind of sideways, you know. Um, but like you know, even even with Dave, you know, Dave Lee Roth aside, like this version of Panama is absolutely fucking electric. I mean, this was like their final TV appearance. That's kind of why I I picked it, really, mm. more than anything else. Um, and it's it's all about the special source of Van Halen. And as much as I like some of the kind of Sammy Hagar stuff, it was all about. It's about the David Lee Roth albums for me, really. They, yeah, you know, me too. Um, I mean, I mean, y- yesterday was it was the twelve year anniversary of what was their final album, A Different Kind of Truth, which is great. It's a great, great album. Do you um, think it? I, I remember listening to it at the time and thinking it was pretty awful. Oh, really? But I listened to it like once or twice. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. No, I, yeah. I adored it. The first single wasn't great. Tattoo wasn't great, but the rest of the album is absolutely fantastic. I think it's fantastic. Okay, I might have to go back to it. Um, but like in regards to this performance, like you know, Ed, Ed, Eddie is absolutely on fire. Considering you know this was at the time when the cancer, oh, mate, yeah. the cancer was coming back again. You know, the third for the fucking third time. You know, I like his playing. I like Alex's drums. It just, it's just so like he is just one of the most underrated drummers I think in hard rock. Uh, I like Wolfgang. Being still being a teenager at the time, you know, nailing those Michael Anthony kind of harmonies mm. and the groove. Um, and I, I remember streaming this like when it went out live because I, I I read about it online that they were going to be streaming it live on um, on Jimmy Kimmel's YouTube channel or something. Um, and and there was talk that summer that they were going to be finally bringing the the live show over to the UK. There was download. I mean, there was always download rumors. Always, I know Andy Coppin yeah. was always like, "I never got Van Halen," and I know it always kind of ate him up. They never managed to kind of. Apparently, they got really close one year. Um, but obviously, you know, of course, that you know, they never, they never came over to the UK, and this, and they were just about to kind of go on to what was going to be their final, like, uh, US tour yeah. that summer. And you know, I was so excited about you know the prospect of seeing like Van Halen with David Lee Roth I saw Van Halen with, with Sammy Hagar when I supported Bon Jovi um, Summer Night I remember Five. them yeah, which says quite a lot about their standing here in the UK particularly yeah. at that time as well right yeah oh, big time yeah mm-hmm. the, the, they were uh, but it also says about how fucking massive in the summer of Britpop does, yeah, Bon Jovi yeah, yeah. Can, you know, can come over and I think they did two or three nights at Wembley Stadium Yeah, all sold out but it was at least yeah. two yeah, but it, there's just something that's absolutely electric about this kind of performance, and I was so kind of I was out of all those kind of Dester and that kind of P 
periods, you know, the Eddie Van Halen kind of passing away was the one that kind of hit, I think it hit me kind of the hardest. Because again, I'm going to, you know, it all goes back to one of my earliest musical memories is, you know, my dad, going with my dad to like, I think it was W.A. Smith to buy the new Van Halen album, which was 1984. That, that he would have bought that when it came out, you know. And it was one of the albums that I will always kind of ties into like I don't have you know many kind of memories of 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 my dad's, but whenever I listen to to Van Halen, I was kind of it just kind of just reminds me of like formative years of like being introduced to kind of rock music and and stuff like that. And mm. I don't know, it just makes me think, man. I I don't know. I never I never really kind of got the closure with in in, re, in regards to my relationship with my dad because as far as I know that he, you know, he died a few years ago and stuff like this but whenever I listen to kind of Van Halen it, it always I always I always think fuck I, I miss Eddie Van Halen so much but it also yeah just kind of reminds me of just like man I just I wish I wish I could just talk to my dad do you know what I mean Sorry, yeah that got, that got a bit deep there for a minute sorry Oh mate, that's all right. Don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, we've all got, I suppose, songs that are a bit like that in our uh, in our lives, haven't we? That yeah. sort of remind us of those things. Um, but I never get, I never, I never, I never get bored of Pan. Let's do a quick box ABC. What would you put Pan- Panama in? Box C. I love it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love it's it. Probably, it's possibly I, the greatest Van Halen song. It's it's possibly the greatest hard rock song I've ever written. It's so perfect. Yeah, it, it's well good. You never get bored. I of mean, it. it is really, really great. And um, this version, like I say, is not perfect. I think like Dave does give it that special sauce. Although you know, like he's obviously getting on a bit. He's got that. He still, he's still got the moves. And you know, like so when he's twirling that mic stand at the start, and when he does the kind of high kick, and just you know, his voice isn't great, admittedly, but the band was, do though. sound yeah, fucking fantastic, yeah, on fire, don't they? they yeah, are absolutely, really good. so well drilled. I yeah. never had an issue. There was all that kind of how dare you fucking you know replace Michael Anthony and da da da. It's just like I had no issue with Wolfgang being in the band because I think a lot of it, a lot of the fact that they even reformed with Dave Lee Roth and did all those tours and did what turned out to be a final album was all because of Wolfie. And I mean, there, there seems to be there seems to be a lot of shit going around online at the minute in regards to like David Lee Roth and Wolfgang and and stuff. And I, you know, I think a lot of it's bullshit. But I'm permanently grateful for him for for managing for managing to get some of the biggest egos in the history of rock music to actually function again longer than not just for one tour, not for just like one money grabbing tour like the Police did. You know, mm. it was the fact that they did that and they did like th- I think four or five like US tours. And they managed to do an album. And I, I've got no beef with Wolfgang Van Halen. I'll, I'll always be thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I would have liked to have seen him. Never got to see them, yeah. but, you know, say la vie, I guess. Yeah, so let's move back to the 90s, I reckon. <laughs> I mentioned Why? TFI Friday. Why not? And wasn't TFI Friday good? Let's just take a little minute to appreciate how good TFI Friday mm. was. Good. Good yeah. show. Well, actually, do you know what? I've watched something back on YouTube, and actually, it wasn't very good. But the musical guests were always really good. There's loads of like great, great, great performance. A bit like Letterman. There are you could sit there for ages and find old, yeah. you know, performances from TFI Friday that were fantastic. Show itself, bit crap actually. When I think about it, not mm. great. But um, it's not aged well. Some no, the, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Get, it's not fucking aged well. Getting Victoria Beckham 
to weigh herself to see if she'd lost her baby weight in front of people mm. is not cool. No. <laughs> it's not cool. Shouldn't no. do that. Um, but I tell you what is cool. Rocket from the Crypt. <laughs> yeah. Rocket from the Crypt on a Friday night doing on a rope. Yep. The opening is, song on the on, on the show. I think it was the first show of season two. Yeah, I believe it was. I mean, I, I, there's a there's a version that I watched of it where a man dressed as a devil, yeah, with a, yeah. A, a a pretty lady with him walks and does the intro and then introduces Rocket from the Crypt, and it's all of the kind of camp sort of fifties horror hijinks that you would want and associate with Rocket from the Crypt, yeah. and. Rocket from the Crypt, I I love. I'll ask you why you picked it in a minute. But obviously, like, I have spoken at length a few times about how much I fucking love Rocket from the Crypt. Scream Jack to Scream would probably be in for a good shout of being in my top 20 favourite albums ever. I absolutely love it. I Mm. absolutely, I just love every second of that record. I think it's brilliant. And I think I've spoken before about, you know, seeing them play a Virgin Megastore in Reading at Reading <laughs> yeah. 96. Um, and then this came out the weekend after, or if, you know, not that long after uh, after the Reading Festival and just being like, I fucking love this band. I fucking love this band. And this performance is so chaotic. <laughs> it is so yeah. chaotic. Like they play it at twice the speed. Yep. They're all over the fucking place because yeah. it's such a tiny stage and there yeah. are so many of them. <laughs> yeah. And you've got the guy, I've forgotten his name, the dancer, the guy who's dancing all the way, like just this kind of vibes, man, the Bez. Yeah, the Bez. The Rocket from the Crypt. Yeah. Rocket from the Crypt's Bez. And it's just absolutely brilliant. And you can imagine, again, this is six o'clock on a Friday on yeah. Prime, like yep. on one of the four channels. And you're getting faced with like this kind of anarcho glitter suited fifties rock and roll greaseball punks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And for a minute it looked like Rocket from the Crypt were gonna be huge. The enemy, Radio One, Top of the Pops, Tier by Friday, all over them. Mm. Didn't quite happen. But no. in there's an there's an alternative universe where they carry on that trajectory and they're setting out 12 nights at Wembley Stadium yep. this summer on their yeah. reunion tour. Oh man, love love this, love it. It's it's that mad time when you know, my favorite new bands became became pop stars. They like you said they were legit pop stars, man. They were everywhere. Enemy, Top of the Pops, you know, Top of the Pops, it would have it would have been either this week or the following week when you know because i think it got to number 12 in the charts you know yeah i remember buying uh, I, I remember buying because it was like um it was like a uh a three cd single box do you remember that it kind of folded out i bought yeah, yeah, all three, yeah. and it had like it had like a full kind of mark radcliffe kind of session on it and stuff it was mm-hmm. it was brilliant um and you know like the hype the hype kind of surrounding excuse me screen dracula scream was kind of palpable in Kerrang at the start of the year um and like you know seeing the video for born in 69 um you know got me running to hmv i'm not i'm pretty sure i've said this story before on the pod you know spending 17 pounds on a fucking half hour album you know <laughs> fuck you hmv i've no interest um 
but you know, don't care. Totally worth it. It's per. It's an absolutely perfect ten out of ten album. You know, then Radio One playlisted on a rope. I think there was a second. The second single was Young Livers. I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing the video to that on the chart show. That was it had a good score, like fifties kind of rock and roll kind of greaser video. And then yeah, Radio One started playlisting on a rope. Um, you know, NME put them on the front cover. Then it charted. Best new band at the yeah. NME Awards in nineteen ninety six. Brilliant. Wasn't yeah, this like their fifth for, album or something? They've been a fucking band for six years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this brilliant. is like their fucking fourth album. Yeah. Um, then it, you know, then it charted. Like I said, you know, got top twenty, like Smashy Roo. You know, then they did Top of the Pops, and it is an absolute kind of beast of a track to open. Possibly the the most iconic TV show of the era. I'm not going to say the best because, like you, I have watched. Because, you know, various people have put, like, complete episodes of TFI up. And I haven't made it to the end of any of them. Because I'm just like, oh, bloody hell. Oh, my. Wow. Um, But, you know, like you said, the way it opens with that kind of... It looks like Vincent Price dressed in, like, uh, a really bad kind of court jester, like, outfit. Yeah. And then, you know, when he introduces... um, um, like the bands, um, and it's that riff, that Neanderthal fucking riff kicks in, da, 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 da. and the way it's mixed is horrendous. The bass is so loud, it's hilarious. So and, loud. and like you said, there's about 15 people on this tiny little stage that's the size of like a you know a bottle top. Um, but yet you know the brass, the glitter shirts, the gang vocals. You've never seen anything like this on prime prime time British TV, man. And you think, you know, by this point, TFI were like, was getting, fucking hell, man, millions and millions of viewers. It was essential. Everyone in our, you know, it was fr- Friday night, because I used to get paid weekly then, because I was doing temp work. I get, it was, Friday was payday. You'd finish at four o'clock. I'd usually go down to our price, buy a couple of CDs or something. Mm. And then it would be back home, you know, shower, TFI Friday at six o'clock, pub. And that was that was Friday for for years, um, and you know, like you say, man, you know, their, their time in the sun was brief. But fuck me, if it hadn't been for this song and uh, uh, this performance, really, you know, yeah. I I wouldn't have kind of got massively, massively, massively into Rocket from the Crypt, and then ergo, I wouldn't have got into Drive Like Jehu, and I wouldn't have got into Hot Snakes. That's the big one for me, it's Hot mm. Snakes. You know, Speedo is a fucking genius, and this this performance I think is a true snapshot of when when TFI was good, it was fucking unstoppable, yeah. and it made Top of the Pops look really fucking pedestrian and beige and boring. When you could watch um, TFI every week, week in week out, you know, you, and it would be the bit. It wasn't just like little bands; it'd be the biggest bands on there: David Bowie, Paul McCartney, Metallica. You know, the legendary stuff like the Napalm Death kind of yeah. clip, you know, Slipknot where they lost like three the fucking camera at the drive-in. Faith you know, and more. Yeah, there, the Mannix, like, you know, yeah. doing a design for life when they were doing the comeback and Sean, stuff like Sean Ryder. Sean Ryder getting banned, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, as far as I know, he's still banned from Channel 4, going out live on Channel 4, even now. Is he? When it was like, you know, best part of, what well, it's fucking out, it's coming up to 30 years, you know, of that, Ooh. him doing Pretty Vacant. But yeah, I, I had to pick something from TFI and I just thought it'd yeah. be, it, it's one of the kind of less kind of obvious ones, but I thought you'd appreciate it, mate. 
I love it. I love yeah. Rocket from the Crypt. Yeah. It is great. Um, speaking of stuff I love, right, okay, we're going for a very, so, we've, you know, we've basically had three rock bands, essentially, to start with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're going back, now we are going to 1985. Mate, when you sent this through, mm. I was like, I fucking remember watching this mm. age five in 1985. Wogan. Yep. My mum always watched Wogan. Every parent, all our parents watched Wogan. Everybody man. watched Wogan. Essential was, what was it, like seven o'clock on BBC One? Yeah, it was three times a week. Mondays, yeah. Wednesdays and Fridays he was on. Wogan. Right. Now, when I talked about Presidents of the United States of America being <laughs> like, people going, what the fuck? Grace yeah. Jones, Slave to the Rhythm on yeah. Wogan in yeah. 1985. I was scared of Grace Jones as a child. <laughs> Yes, so was I, for a different reason to you probably. Why were you scared? Let's just talk. Let's have a bit of therapy first. Why were you scared of Grace Jones? Because she just didn't seem like a, a human being. Do you know what I mean? She just felt. I looked. I saw Blade Runner young, right? Probably too and young. I think I, probably too young. I saw Blade Runner when I was about six. Oh, um, fucking hell. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, you go around the I, playground I, quoting the Rutger Hauer fucking speech. Yeah, right? I was. <laughs> I might have seen it when it first came out on video because I probably... But anyway, yeah. there's something like android, arachnid-like about mm. Grace Jones. Okay. And there's something unsettling and weird. And you watch this and you're like... I, I watched this yesterday. I went with my mates yesterday and I said to him, I was like, imagine being your dad or my dad who like a, a man from a village in Hampshire who's works a kind of again a blue collar job in 1985 and you turn the telly on at seven o'clock <laughs> and you're in your late 30s early 40s and you see this what on earth must you have thought what on earth must you have thought now the thing is right because he turned around to me he's like yeah pop stars just aren't really like this anymore are they and i was like well i think they are i think Mm. we've actually got some pretty interesting pop stars and certainly for like how weird people look we've got some odd looking pop stars at the moment but they do not get exposed in the same way as they did in the 80s. I mean, when you kind of went, no, I'm not sure then. Like, yeah, I guess no one's quite like Grace Jones. But, mate, this is amazing. Dressed like a fucking beehive. <laughs> can't see her face. Can't Didn't move. Can't see anything. Like, the song's brilliant, obviously. I mean, the, the album that this is taken from is a great album. Yeah. It's a great album. Yep. And, um, and she's, She's, you know, got some fucking bangers, Grace Jones. Oh, but God, She yeah. used to, like, unsettle me as a child. And I remember, like, I, I have a distinct memory of sitting there watching this with my mum. My mum who was into, like, Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen, stuff like that. And my mum going, oh, I don't know what that was. I don't really... <laughs> don't know what that was all about <laughs> and i just remember thinking like i'm i thought you'd know because i'm five and i definitely yeah i'm looking know. for you i'm looking to you for answers mother come on <laughs> but there are no answers no. mate but years later you go oh yeah. yeah yeah grace jones is fucking amazing yeah but yeah why were you scared of grace jones then 
<laughs> well, it was it a was view t- to a kill. Uh, it was a, a, a view to kill. Yeah, that was that was the second reason. I'm going to come to that in a minute. The first one. Um, do, do you remember? Do you remember that advert she did for Citroen? Sort of, yeah. Where her her kind of ro- a robotic face of grace jones kind of comes out of like the sand or the ground right oh yeah i do Uh, and the mouth opens and out comes this out comes this car and grace jones is 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 driving it one of those massive kind of old school citrons you remember the huge ones Mm. yeah the size of like a fucking truck for some reason that gave me nightmares the robotic head gave me nightmares but the secondly yeah it was um it was vita a kill and uh, yeah, obviously she plays uh, Mayday, you know, one of the baddies or, or the hench person. She must take her vitamins. Um, and there's the it's the guy it's the, <laughs> fucking for you to a kill. I just <laughs> r- fucking Roger Moore, man. He's about eighty four, bless him. But hey, it's the film where James Bond invents snowboarding. So what can you do? Yeah. Um, David Bowie was going to play Max Zorin as a quick aside. He was offered the yeah, part I've of heard- Zorin and he turned it down. I've heard that. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a hello, Mister mm. <laughs> Bond. Um, but th- there's a scene in that film where she is hiding in the back of the Rolls Royce, where Patrick Mene is driving the Rolls Royce to the car wash, and he's going through the car wash, and then you, you kind of see through the kind of water, like the shadow of Grace Jones coming up from the back of the car seat and strangling Patrick Mene's character. Because of that, I couldn't go in a car wash for most of my childhood I was so fucking scared I would stand I would get out of the car and my dad would go in and I'd be really nervous that my dad was going to die at the at the hands of Mayday <laughs> right and I'd be so overjoyed when my dad I'd see my dad's car coming out the other end mm. and, and also for years as a result of that I'd always check in the rear footwell if I was ever in the car alone, always because of a view to a kill. Wow. Because of Grace Jones. But let's talk about the song. Oh, man. And let's talk about the performance. I mean, this is, you know, pure performance art. You know, high fashion meets avant-garde, kind of paving the way for Lady Gaga and mm. such like. Um, you know, kind of peeling off the layers as the song progresses. Um, you know, kind of, shucking themselves free of kind of restraint um and like, and like wogan was the biggest chat show of of the year because by this point michael parkinson had stopped his chat show i think parky was yeah. on the radio at this point so it was, it was wogan man quick pop quiz what did wogan get cancelled for what replaced wogan on bbc do you remember they shit canned wogan the biggest chat show on telly and they replaced it with el dorado yes that was a guess, but I thought it's got to be something yeah. atrocious. Yeah, it was El Dorado. El Dorado. El Dorado. But, you know, as a result of that, we then got 20 glorious years or whatever of Wake Up to Wogan. Yeah. yeah. Talk yeah. about people we miss. Oh, I miss him. But th- you know, this, it, it was mad to think, right, about this song. Frankie Goes to Hollywood passed on it. This was meant to yeah, be I a Frankie that, yeah. song that would have been on, on Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Imagine that. Mm. Imagine this being like you know, the fourth single off that album or something I mean, like I that. I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of glad Grace Jones got oh, it. Oh, completely. Yeah. Because, you know, the way she kind of 
just kind of just performs it like it even when you listen to like the the audio version on streaming and stuff it, it it's it's an absolute kind of tour de force performance it's so mm. kind of classy and utterly divine the production is ridiculous on it you know trevor horn absolute genius yeah. plus you know, you know the start of the song so you know the song pr- very well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know the start of the song where well, there's the voice going ladies and gentlemen miss mm. grace jones you know who that is yeah uh i don't actually know there's lovejoy no, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Was it? Yeah. I didn't Ladies know that. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Grace Jones. I never knew that. Yes, Ian Fucking McShane. Fucking I didn't know that. Ian McShane, I mean, man. And it's, yeah. this is, right, this is my all-time favourite pop song. This is it. Is it really? This is my Mate, it's a song. great one to pick. I mean, it is this... fucking glorious. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, I again talking about being scared of Grace Jones. I've just re- like looked at the album artwork again because I'm like, that's another thing. That just again the opening mouth and she's yep. just scared as shit. Fucking yeah. weird. Apparently, this is I, I didn't know that this was a a kind of the album is like a kind of autobiographical concept album, which it I is. didn't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm. I'm not very good with concept albums and knowing that they're concept albums. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but like, you know, the, the ultimate art pop icon. Yeah. Oh, then so. I mean, like, the, like I, I think were it not for Lady Gaga, who's kind of, you know, because Grace Jones was much, you know, she's gone platinum a bunch of times. Yeah. But not sort of multi-platinum in the same way that Gaga no. did. No. But I think it's, pretty incredible that you sort of really go lady gaga almost i'm not gonna say she I'm, I'm not gonna say she dumbed down but i think she made this shit that grace jones she kind of is mixing grace jones with madonna right and then yeah. coming up with the album sales of the the kind of latter rather than the former but, but grace jones there's i always felt like there was something i mean it was i can't even remember when i actually started appreciating her as i think it was probably hearing the odd song here and there on the radio mm. and i was like pull up to the bumper the, and nightclubbing and yeah, stuff like that. yeah yeah it's yeah, great, yeah, yeah. It's great. and like the and the, the you know the, the music's fucking amazing yeah but i was always just like oh no i don't want to like grace jones because i was just a bit fucking weirded out by her. <laughs> Do you know what i mean like as a kid i was a bit sort of weird yeah. out by her but then you know the, 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 she's got some fucking brilliant tunes and yeah, yeah I, I feel like she maybe doesn't quite get the credit she deserves for being that kind of because even when you think of like quite unquote art pop stuff from before that i guess something like david sylvian and japan and mm. and talking heads and yeah. stuff like that you still go that's still you yeah, but it's still got not it's not pop in i don't feel like it's kind of mm. like she is like you say, it's glamour and it's pop mm. and it's art yeah. and it's catwalk high end. Yeah. That shit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah, fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Just just love this. It's, love this performance. It's love this it's song. so incredibly sexy, this song as well. There's it, yeah. I, I again I, I it's a song that I will happily listen to whenever it's on. I will actively search it out. And this kind of performance is Pretty iconic. I, obviously, I, want, I wanted to pick something from the, I don't know, you'd, you'd say the more kind of quote unquote conservative kind of UK chat shows, you know, mm. um, 
your Russell Harties and your, you know, Aspel and Co. There you go. There's one. From the memory <laughs> banks. Aspel and Co. Aspel and Co. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I I was looking around. I was just like, yeah. I was just like, nah. Yeah, the, the legendary kind of Grace Jones performance um, is incre- yeah, it's incredible. And and she knocked it. Do you, remember, you must have seen that legendary clip where she knocks out Russell Harty. I love it, yeah. Because yeah. Russell Harty's an obnoxious oh, it's cock, a prick, isn't he? Absolute fucking prick. prick. He was he um, was asking for it. Yeah, absolutely asking for he it. Did, there's, there's an interview he did with Bowie in the seventies, and I think he just comes across as a, just the most fucking pompous tosser yeah. and just an asshole. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, this is brilliant, and it mate, it's got all the stuff. I mean, particularly when she pulls that yeah, here's Grace, hat off yeah. Grace. And then, yeah. and there's a bit where she just sort of like she stares the audience. Yeah. You don't see the audience. You don't see the audience no. reaction. But the last bit is just her like staring yeah. at the audience. Yeah. And I'm like, she's like, yeah, go on, fucking judge me for like being different to you. you can. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I love, love it. I absolutely love it. it. Espe- especially on you know a show like Wogan, which is like you know as white as it could yeah. possibly and be. Proper sort of you know middle Britain cuddly yep. as fuck wasn't it? Yeah. It was like and I like, love that. Oh yeah. George Best to come on now and again and be drunk or you know yeah. or something like that, but yeah. for the most part it was very very safe. Yeah, very. And this is just not safe no, at all. Not at all. Anyway, Kate Bush did a, so it would have been the same year, wouldn't it? When Kate, so Kate yes, Bush did yeah. running up that hill, um, wasn't it? When run up that hill and did an an equally kind of bizarre yeah performance performance yeah so, yeah happy days wonderful great times um, right last pick Gaz yes mate. <laughs> when you sent it to now I had seen this before I had seen this before right. I think everyone has seen this clip <laughs> yeah again we're going we're going back to 2015 we're going back to Jimmy Kimmel we're talking about the classic Regulate by Warren G and Nate Dogg uh, rest in peace it obviously mm. wasn't there when this happened um, having died four years previously but we got a super sub place, <laughs> in his place Warren G and Kenny G the sax <laughs> maestro that yeah. he is coming on like this was one of those things that you saw it and you were like oh ha 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 right oh yeah I see what they've done there yeah. Warren G genius Kenny Kenny G like of course and it's a funny little thing but I mean it's great yeah. I mean, regulate re- I mean quick box ABC regulate oh see and then oh, some and then some it? Oh, whenever. who was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking talk about box ABC, people were surprised that we put Man in the Mirrors box C, didn't they? Well, one strange. person was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But which is, you know, I think if, if a song gets played that much, you either go, yeah, I love it. It's yeah. great. Everybody loves it. It's great. Or you go, I've, I've heard enough of that. So I can kind of understand it. I mean, I just think, anyway, patreon.com forward slash true cop yeah but reasons why regulate is boxing and then some even even now when it comes on when it gets to chords strings we brings melody melodies (laughs) rhythm is life life is rhythm yeah the next stop is the east side motel (laughs) this song I don't listen to it that much, although I do think it's a box C but then occasionally when it comes on I just go it's got everything this yep it's got got like Great rhymes, yep. great flow, yep. really big hook. That classic, um, <laughs> that classic, like uh, Michael McDonald. I mean, have you, have you heard the the? Um, 
I've forgotten who did the remix of it, but somebody did a remix of it and put the Michael. Yeah, I actually prefer I actually prefer that version to the 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 normal regular that everyone knows because I fucking adore Michael McDonald, aka Lino from Thundercats. (laughs) I have never seen a hairier man. Just just that hair is so perfect. It's like Barry Gibb hair with the most awesome fucking perfect beard yeah. you've ever seen in your life. You know. <laughs> Bitten by a radioactive Barry Gibb. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, he was a singer in the Doobie Brothers, wasn't he, for a time as well? He was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, let's talk about this. Yeah. Right, so, I mean, yeah, it became like a, a kind of viral thing. Oh, Kenny G, Warren G, yeah. Regulate is such a banger. I feel like Kenny G has only heard this song a couple of times because he goes he goes off piste a bit doesn't he I love that he Unless can't, he can't resist going... he can't resist no. because he, he's been waiting he's... he's been waiting for this his entire career this was the this was the break he's been waiting for where p- people would go actually Kenny G he was alright man you know <laughs> we all remember the, you know there's obviously the famous bit in Wayne's World where you know where he's sitting it's in the dentist chair listening to Kenny G yeah, and all that. Um, about as uncool as it could be, really. And I mean, have you have you have you ever seen any of the other kind of mashup collaborations that Jimmy Kimmel had at this time? I don't think I have. You know, there was. There's two others of note. There was. <laughs> I love. I love a play on words. Right. We've got we we got Wheezy Top. Which was Weezer and ZZ Top doing Sharp Dressed Man. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's just kind of straight. But the best one, apart from the Warren G and Kenny G, was Morris Day and the Heim. Right. Doing Jungle Love. Jungle Love. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Fucking hell. It, and, you know, you basically got, you know, three girls from Heim just doing the whole kind of. You know, dancing is going. You know, no, I want to know you. Yes. That's great. That's really, really good. I'm not seeing that. It's um, I'm not seeing the, the Weezer's Easy Top. Yeah, that's that's just like it's just like a covers band doing Shop Dress Man with Weezer singing. Clean Fine. shirt, blue shoes. You know, um, but this is like the perfect example of how it's never too late to finally make it cool. You know, hmm. took Kenny G four years, man, but he made it. And he kind of, <laughs> like you say, you know, he kind of starts off by kind of following the kind of Nate Dog melody line, yeah, and all that. But then he just completely goes off piste, spiraling into these like insane sax runs, linking around kind of Warren G's like, like you said, legendary kind of nineties rhymes and flow, and it, it's just so much fucking fun. And you can see how infectious the mood is on stage, and like you know, reg- regulates an all timer. That has now kind of been kind of reintroduced to kind of the TikTok generation, really. When this clip went mm. viral, this clip went viral because this was like 2015, but it, mm-hmm. it really went viral last year, which is mad. Is that right? I mean, I do remember seeing it at the time because I hadn't thought about this for ages. Yeah. I, I think I could, this completely passed me by at the time. Did it? No, I definitely saw it at the time because I was like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, I'll listen to any version of Regulation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless Blink-182 do it. Oh, God. Case, I don't want please, to hear that. Please but don't. Like, don't say it. No, don't no. say it. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was fucking 
It was great. And um, yeah. I remember that's really cool. And I hadn't thought about it for ages. Yeah. And then you brought it up and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I love I love Kenny just kind of not quite knowing where we're going with the song, yeah. but just suddenly going, bit 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 fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm out. Yeah. I got one shot. I got one exactly. Yeah. One shot, one opportunity. You know, mum spaghetti and all that. <laughs> Yeah, it's brilliant. Really, really good. If you've not seen this, yeah. and I suspect well, out of the five, this is the one I reckon most people will have yeah. seen. Yeah, well, I'll um, make sure you put the, the YouTube link in the um, you know the playlist link that I said, yeah. Stick that in the, in, in the metadata. I bloody will. Um, there you go. Kenny G, Warren G, regulators, mount up. Mount We're up. Unmount now, I suppose, if that's what We can unmount. We unmounting? I guess we are. Yeah. Pretty exciting, that, isn't it? Oh, what? Mountain. Oh, oh, we love that. We'll be back next week. Don't know what we're doing. Oh, we might have a guest again next week. I'm not sure yet. That hasn't been confirmed. Oh. But I uh, might have a guest, so that'd be good. Cool. Right? Yeah. Go over to patreon.com forward slash true cop pop. You can sign up for uh, our content over there. Confidence Man will be... I, I'm going to go as far as to say, I don't know about you, I'm going to be bumming that record. I'm going to bum it. You know when you're a kid, you go, oh, you're bumming that. Oh, yeah. you're bumming some. I think they call them dick riders these days. Do they? The do. I, yeah, I, I, shall ask, I shall ask the moody teenage fruit in my loins. Like, dick rider. If you love something, I'll oh, stop being a dick rider for this. I've seen people saying that. Well, I'm going to ride confidence man's dick. Yeah. I've been, I've been, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been now. bummed so hard, I'm chafing Ooh. or something. I knew I should have just ended the podcast yeah. instead of You started on. this. I did, yeah. yeah. It's my fault. You started the end. All right. The end is nigh. Thanks very much, everyone. <laughs> we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you. If you listen to this bit, I really appreciate it. Always. You we'll see you next week. Bye, Gaz. Well, they're all waiting for this bit, aren't they? So, love you. Bye. They love it. They love ah. it.